Won't you turn with me to two openings this morning and let's talk some about resurrection. Let's talk some, uh, uh, you know, like Brother Kenneth said, uh, we're not talking about Easter eggs. Uh, you know, if, if you want to hunt eggs, that's okay. But uh, we need to know what's really going on and why we are celebrating this day. And then, uh, let me find the scripture so I can tell you where to turn. 2 Corinthians 4 and Colossians 2, 2 Corinthians 4. And Colossians 2, the Lord stirred me up about something the last couple of days and has caused me to look at the resurrection in a different way than I have before. And I want to share that with you because it, it's not just something to think about what happened with him, but it is something to apply to your life right now today. In 2 Corinthians 4, and Colossians 2. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, maybe you'd look over at your neighbor that has one, smile and slide over, see if they'll let you look on. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Glory. How many believe that? How many believe that Jesus is literally, physically raised from the dead. He's alive right now at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And how many believe just as strongly that he who raised him up shall raise us up just like that and we'll have a glorified body like unto his wonderful glorified body. This is good news. When we think about resurrection, we think about the power of God being manifest so that uh, good triumphed over evil, righteousness triumphed over sin, and God, the power of God triumphed over death, hell, and the grave, all the power of the enemy. We think about life, resurrection life, and power, and we should. But something that the Lord's put his finger on with me the last few days, he said, notice though, not just the life and power, notice the resurrection faith. Resurrection faith. Now I hadn't used that term. I don't remember when I've used that term. But I'm going to use it from now on. <laughs> You know, preachers are, are kind of like cooks in the kitchen. They get to taste what's going on before it's served. So I've been tasting to this for a few days now. So I already know what's, what, what course is coming next. I like it. I hope you do. Like my grandmother who's in heaven, Miss, Miss Lena Pearlmore. She used to say, good cook, you know. And, of course, not, not, none of this instant stuff, this stuff you start from scratch, you know. 
and she one of her specialties was ham dumplings, and uh, and she'd make that, and sometimes she'd taste it in the pot, and she'd go, mm, that is good. If I did cook it myself, she'd say. <laughs> well, I believe this is good. Go to Colossians two, if you would. Everybody say resurrection faith. Resurrection faith. In Colossians, the second chapter and the twelfth verse. Colossians two twelve says, We are buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him. Through what? Risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. Others say faith in the power of God, faith in the workings of God. Operation of God. Who has raised him from the dead? And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Notice the language here. This doesn't just say that he's going to raise us up. He is. But this is also true. It says you are risen. Amen. You know, God the Father raising Jesus from the dead by the glory of God, Romans says, it was the manifestation of the exceeding greatness of his power. Yes. Ephesians tells us that. Paul prays for them and for us by the Spirit that we might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. You know, if you read the Scripture, you'll find that sometimes it talks about the hand of God. Sometimes it talks about the finger of God. Sometimes it talks about the arm of God. Well, these are relative degrees of the power of God manifested. You know, Jesus said in the Gospel accounts, he said uh, when they accused him of casting out devils by Beelzebub, he said, if I cast out devils by the finger of God, then the kingdoms come to you. Now think about that. Sometimes people, you know, the devil wants to crack himself up to be so big and so bad, but Jesus cast out devils not by the arm, not by the hand, by the finger. It's the relative power of God. You understand? I mean, when Jesus said, shut up and come out of them, I mean, the Holy Ghost and the devil didn't tie up in a fight that went on for hours or days. The Holy Ghost reached over and went... finger but when it came to God the Father raising Jesus Christ from the dead it didn't take the finger it didn't take the hand it didn't just take the arm it took the exceeding greatness of his power God undid his sleeves he rolled up his sleeves God exerted his full might Hallelujah. When he raised Jesus from the dead, you might say, well, just raising a human from the dead. It wasn't just raising a human from the dead. When he raised Jesus from the dead, 
He raised everyone that would ever believe on him throughout eternity from the dead, free from sin, free from the curse, free from death itself. Whoo! No wonder the heavens shook. No wonder it got dark. No wonder there were earthquakes. No wonder the dead came back. I mean, God stood up and showed what God can do. He died, I died. He was buried, I was buried. He was raised from the dead, I am raised from the dead and will be raised from the dead. Whoo, glory to God. Does that do anything for you at all? I'm telling that. That does something for me. Glory. But when we think about Jesus being raised from the dead, we, th- we see him in the garden. We see him sweating blood. We see him in an agony praying the prayer of complete commitment and consecration. Father, not my will but yours be done. We think about what commitment it took, what obedience it took, what love for the Father it took, but had you ever thought about what faith it took? Say it out loud again, resurrection faith. This is faith for resurrection. The prophets prophesied about the resurrection and believed for it. Abraham saw the Lord's day and was glad Abraham believed for it. Do you remember that the Lord told him, take your son, your only son, up on the mount and give him to me. How many understand? This sounds very familiar, doesn't it? God gave his only son. God's in covenant with Abraham. Abraham as a man doing this with his covenant partner God gave God a legal right to do it for man. But Hebrews tells us, contrary to what some people believe, you know, some stories have got Abraham going up the mountain with Isaac, crying, and his soul is rent, and I'm going to kill this boy, and he's going to be gone. But Hebrews tells us another story, doesn't it? It tells us that Abraham was ready to offer him up, accounting that God was able to raise him from the dead. What does that mean? Abraham fully intended to put the knife in that boy, fully intended to kill him, but he did not expect him to stay dead. He had faith for resurrection. Glory to God. I said he had faith for resurrection. Now when it came down to Jesus... Jesus did not go into this blind. He did not go into it not knowing what was going to happen. Get it very clear in your heart and mind. Jesus never was a victim at any point during this crucifixion, this scourging, this mocking, this trial. Never was he a victim. He let it happen. Go with me, please, to John. Let me just remind you of this. John, 
chapter 10. Are you with me this morning? Say it out loud. Resurrection. Faith. Hallelujah. John 10, verse 14. In John 10, 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Verse 14, John 10. I know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Did you hear that phrase? I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 17. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power or authority to lay it down, and I have power or authority to take it again. Glory! This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus was not surprised by the scourging. He was not surprised by the the mocking and the trial. He was not surprised by the crucifixion. He was not surprised by the crucifixion. He knew it was going to happen. He had seen it in the scripture, in the prophecy. He had seen it. Don't you remember? He had spectacular supernatural experiences. I mean, Elijah. And Moses appeared with him and talked to him about what was going to happen to him. He told the disciples, they're going to deliver me into the hand of the Gentiles. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be raised the third day. And they, you know, Peter tried to correct him about it. He knew what was coming up. None, None of it was a surprise. He was not a victim in the hands of the ones who scourged him or the ones who nailed him. Don't you remember that when they came to get him? And he said, who are you looking for? They said, Jesus. He said, I am. And the whole bunch of them fell on the ground. (laughs) Just a little demonstration to remind everybody, you are not in charge of this. You... But you remember, Pilate wanted to get in his face and said, You don't talk to me. You don't know who I am. Don't you know I can kill you? I can spare you? Jesus looked at him and said, You would have no power at all except it was given to you from above. How many understand you and I need to know that when we're trusting God and we've prayed and we're believing God that he is in control in our life? He's not in control of everything in the earth because people are yielding to wrong spirits. But you and I that have prayed and are believing God, even though it doesn't look like it and it doesn't feel like it and people think they've got it over us or they think they've got us in the corner or a bad spot, don't whimper, don't whine, don't be embarrassed. Look up. Look them in the eye and say, "Uh uh-uh. No. I've already prayed. God's already heard. Hmm? But, now listen. 
We have emphasized, that's what the Lord said to me, we have emphasized faith to receive. And that's good. And we need to stay on it. Literally, the, the Greek word is take. Believe that you take. Faith that receives. Faith that takes. But the Lord has reminded me these last couple of days, He said, look at this now, though. This is another side of faith that is just as important. And in fact, one of the greatest tests of the Master's own faith was not in believing you receive, but in letting it happen. Laying it down, letting it happen. What a temptation it was. When he was in the garden praying and crying and sweating blood, he wasn't just being squeamish over a nail going through his hand. As horrible as that was, it wasn't just that. He knew the fullness of what was going to happen to him being made sin. He knew the judgment that was going to come on him, the awfulness of what was about to happen to him. He knew it full well. And how he must have been tempted. He told his disciples, put up your sword. This cup that's here, shall I not drink it? In other words, this is why I'm here. I've got to let this happen. I've got to let them take me. I've got to let them tie me to the whipping post. I've got to let them abuse me and slap me and mock me and make fun of me and say prophesy. I've got to let them nail me to the cross. He told Peter, he said, don't you know that I can call on the Father and he'll give me legions of angels right now? Don't you know in the agony when he was hanging there, when the sins bore down in his being, when he felt the presence of light leave him and he cried out, My God, why have you forsaken me? Don't you understand if you knew that you could cry out and say, I cry for justice. I cry out for justice from the Almighty. I have not sinned. I don't deserve this. I call for angels and could have been delivered right then. Don't you know he was tempted? That's why Isaiah said he was like a lamb before its shearers, dumb. He had to keep his mouth closed. He had to bite his lip and listen. Are you listening? Let it happen. It takes faith to let the will of God happen. Did you hear me? It takes faith. I guess one reason some of this is so so uh, strong in my thinking is that for the last uh, uh, two months, it's been happening in Aunt Phyllis in my life real strong. I mean, we had some things set up the way we liked it, and then we're, you know, we're having to turn loose of this and turn loose of that, and the Lord's saying, go this way. And, and, and most thing we've done is run to keep up. And I'm understand it's not always comfortable. But one of the big things in obeying God is you've got to let it happen. Let it, everybody say, let it happen. He let the crucifixion happen. He let it happen. But he didn't let it happen crying and feeling like this is the end. How many understand that when he breathed his last and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, he knew that he still had things to endure, but he was believing for resurrection. And the Father God was believing for resurrection. 
Hallelujah. And all the saints that had gone on were believing for resurrection. This is the end of the cycle of faith. It's always this way. If you've believed God at all, you know this. You start to believe God for a thing, and it looks like it can't be. Anybody ever been there? And a lot of times after you prayed, it got worse. (laughs) Come on, you know it's true. It got worse. And especially on big things and things that affect the kingdom and things that affect a lot of people's lives, you can stand for it and it gets to the place where it feels like it died. Hmm? Oh, but people of God, people of faith, who have faith, they're shouting when others are crying. When others have turned off the lights and gone home, they're still standing expecting. Hallelujah. When it looks like it's too late, it's all over. They're gone. They're dead. They're buried. Faith believes for resurrection. Resurrection. It's not too late. It's not over. Oh, glory to God. Can you say amen? Amen. Resurrection faith. Hallelujah. How many believe with all your heart that Jesus, as he died, he died in faith? He died in faith. Amen. Fully expecting to be raised from the dead and from sin. Amen. And you know he wasn't just believing for himself. He didn't need this for himself. He was believing it for us. And this wonderful prayer that Brother Kenneth read earlier in John 17 that he prayed for us. How many believe God hears Jesus' prayers? He prayed that prayer in faith. And even though we look like we're scattered and divided and everything else, he prayed that we will be one. He's believing for that right now. How many want to join Jesus and believe with him? Amen. Resurrection and oneness and faith. Glory to God. Go with me in closing. I think. (laughs) To John 11. I got a lot more here, but... Keep saying it. Say it out loud again. Resurrection faith. Faith for resurrection. Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Lord. You know, this is why water baptism is such a perfect type and so so representative of what happens to us and of the whole Christian life and faith. We're buried with Him. You go down under the water. Represents death. How many believe Jesus really died? He was really dead. Hmm? No question about it. But then you don't stay under the water. You come back up. Hallelujah. <laughs> come out of this one element into the other element. Come down from buried up to newness of life. Newness of life. Resurrection life. You know, there are those who try to state and say, you know, that, well, maybe Jesus was physically raised from the dead. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe it's 
you know, just the uh, folklore. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing are his teachings. Absolutely not. Some things are non-negotiable. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I mean, you know, if you don't believe in certain things about the, the gifts of the Spirit, if you don't believe in certain things about authority, if you don't believe in certain things about healing, or that, that's okay. I love you. We can be brothers. We can be, you know, family in the Lord. But there are some things we can't make any room for. You either believe it or you ain't one of us. Did you hear me? This is one of them. In 1 Corinthians 15, if you read it, Paul was dealing with the error of people. Some were saying that Jesus didn't raise from the dead. And, and he said, if he did not raise from the dead, your faith is vain, your preaching is vain, and we're still in our sins. Friend, the resurrection is the punchline of the gospel. <laughs> it's the highlight. It's, it's, it's the high point. Amen. That's what all of this was moving for. He was literally, physically dead. Dead. Oh, but he is literally. Amen. Now in a spiritual body having been transformed. Alive. He's alive. And if you don't believe that, you're not saved. Hmm? People say, Brother Keith, that's narrow, isn't it? I mean, aren't there many ways that lead to God? No, no, just one. Well, you're narrow, yeah, and saved. <laughs> the way is straight. Amen, and narrow. <laughs> Sit out loud, I believe. He died. I believe. He is raised from the dead. Alive forevermore. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Go to John, please. The 11th chapter. Did I already tell you that? I thought so. John 11. Sometimes I get excited. Is that all right? You get excited too. John 11. You know this story. This is the story of where Lazarus was raised from the dead. And something interesting. Verse 23. Jesus said to Martha. He said your brother. This is verse 23. John 11, 23. Jesus said your brother shall rise again. Glory. And Martha said, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. <laughs> Woo, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He said. Oh, get this. Get this now. I didn't see this till just this morning. Martha says, I know he will rise at the last day. 
And when you talk about resurrection, people talk about almost invariably limited to the last day. Hmm? Right? We talk about we're going to rise again. People say, yeah, yeah, glory to God. One of these days, the trump will sound. He's coming back. But did you hear what Jesus said when Martha said this? She said, I know he's going to rise the last day. Jesus looked at her and said, I am. Lord, I know we're going to rise. Jesus said, I'm here. Resurrection is here now. Life is here now. Believe for resurrection now. Don't just wait to, yes, it's coming, yes, but believe for resurrection now. I'm here now. I'm the resurrection in life now, he said. And praise God, she didn't argue with that. She began to hook up with him. Next thing you know, he got old Lazarus coming out of the grave. Bound hand and feet with grave clothes. Resurrection happened then. Then. Oh, this is the thing I've got in my heart, friends. Do you understand that you and I have been called to the life of faith? And this faith not only just receives the blessings of healing and and financial needs met, this faith is committed and lets the will of God happen. Amen. Even when it looks like it's death to your dream, it's death to the thing you wanted, it looked like it's too late, it's too long, it's all over, faith believes for resurrection. And not just in the last day. That He is the way, the truth, the life, the resurrection and the life is alive in you right now. Amen. I'm telling you, God wants to quicken things. He wants to quicken relationships. He wants to raise them from the dead. Amen. Relationships between men and women. Relationships between children and parents. Relationships. Amen. People have, you know, wrote each other off and, and, and it's died. It, it's gone. You think it's been, it's been 10 years. Yeah, but do you have faith? Do you have resurrection faith? Do you breathe, believe that he can bring something back from the dead? Something that you were believing for. A financial thing. You, you had it on your heart years ago. You were going to support this or that mission outreach or this or that church. But you got caught up in your stuff and business hadn't been good and that changed and that died. You just let it die. But can you believe that God can raise it up? He can raise it up so that you can get just as excited about it as you ever were. Amen. Expecting resurrection. Go to, please, 2 Corinthians 4, our text that we started with. He said, if you believe in me, you shall never die. You don't have to understand everything the Lord said to believe it. Did he say you would never die? See, people get a hold of that and think, well, you know, does that mean that we'll live down here physically forever? No, we know that people have died. The writers of the uh, epistles, they, they died physically. Jesus called it sleep. Not, not soul sleep, body sleep. But is it true that if you believe in him and you believe in resurrection, you shall never die? That's not just talking about in the last day. That's talking about right now. You shall never die. Say it out loud, never die. You shall never die. Now read this and think about it. 2 Corinthians 
4. We read about the spirit of faith and that as he raised him from the dead, he'll raise us up. But look, in verse 7. Well, no, for time's sake, time's sake, just skip down to verse 10. It says, we are always, 2 Corinthians 4.10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. That's letting it happen. When people persecute you and your flesh gets stirred up and you want to rise up and tell them off, let your faith be strong enough that you can let it happen. Did you hear me? When the Lord tells you to do a thing and it means letting go of something that you like or turning loose of something that you've always wanted or, or worked hard for or saved and built, have faith in Him, trust Him, let it go. Amen? And there, there are things in your life that will feel like pulling out your eye or cutting off your arm. It's such a part of you. You don't want to part with it, but let it die. Let it go, but don't give up. I said, don't give up. Let it go. Let the will of God transpire. Let it happen. But all the while, you're believing for a resurrection. You're believing for it to come back in a greater, better, higher, more glorious way than you could have ever attained on your own. Amen? Notice what he says. The dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. That's talking about right here, right now. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Now that's the part charismatics and word and faith people don't like. But it's true. We're not above our master. Right? If he suffered persecution, we will too. If it was tough completing the will of God and following all the way, if he had to lay down his life, we do too. Right? But the good news is, after every death, if you're a believer and have resurrection faith, after every death of every dream, of every vision, of every hard work, there comes resurrection. Resurrection. He said, as the death of Jesus, you know, we were delivered to it, but the life also of Jesus, that it might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Jesus said, if you believe in me, I am the resurrection. I am the life. You believe in me, you will never die. If you read back up in those previous verses in 2 Corinthians 4, he's talking about the spirit of faith. Though we, the last part of it says, though we're knocked down, we are not knocked out. That unconquerable spirit of faith. Being a man or woman of faith does not mean you never have trials. It does not mean you never have tests. It doesn't mean that there are never any problems or challenges. You may shed some tears. You may have some heart hurts. You may have some times when, like Jesus, you fall on your face and you're crying and you're praying and you have to let it go. But friend, if you believe in him and you hold on to resurrection faith, not in any situation will you die. Did you hear me? Even if it looks like you lost, it ain't over. Even if it looks like you didn't get your healing, it looks like the money didn't come in, resurrection faith won't turn it loose. Won't turn it loose. 
It didn't happen. You say, no, it's just sleeping. <laughs> oh, can you get this in your spirit? This spirit of faith is such that even if we died, if, if everything went wrong and we died prematurely and we didn't get something that we thought we were standing for, we step out of our body. We look at it and go, it's just going to sleep a while. And how many believe the Lord is coming soon? Amen. And he is going to speak. Hallelujah. With a shout and with the voice of the trumpet of the archangel. And there's going to be the resurrection. For, oh, I'd, you know, it's, I'd like to be alive and remaining. Because the dead are going to precede us. They're going to go before us. And I mean, there are people, Christians, bodies that you cannot find a molecule of today. They died out in the desert. And their bones were bleached. They died out in the sea and the sharks got them. Where's their body? God knows. I said God knows where every cell is. And when he proclaims it and the shout comes, every cell is going to come from the four corners of the earth together. And the glory of God is going to hit it and they're going to be changed incorruptible. And their spirit's going to slip inside their body. And you and I are going to be standing there going, Whoa, glory to God. And about that time, it's going to hit us. It's going to come up through us and we will be changed to immortality. Oh, stand up on your feet. Let's praise the Lord a little bit. Father, we believe in resurrection. We believe We believe, we believe, we have resurrection faith. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. Say it out loud, Lord, I will let. I will allow. I will yield to your way, to your plan for my life. If it means, and it will, Crucifying the flesh, letting this go, letting this die, letting this happen. I will yield to your will and I will believe and commit to your plan. But I will not despair, I will not give up in no area of my life will I die. I will never die, I will never die, for the resurrection is in me. Hallelujah. Put your hands up and thank Him for it. Just thank Him and praise Him a little bit for things being raised in your life. Oh, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God.